This is the Watch Post podcast, which you'll find at watchpost.org. Today, I want to talk with you all about a certain issue in the church where we fail to realize that we have permission to be mindful of the things of God, the kingdom of God, um, and that which is spiritual of the kingdom over and above that which is physical and the physical needs of people, um, specifically within ministry. Um, I think that there are a lot of people who continue to be exhausted and joyless within ministry, and they continue to not really know why. Um, and that can be for many different reasons. Don't just imagine this is the only reason that can be. But one issue in that is that a lot of times we feel so overly burdened and obligated towards the physical demands um, that we are no longer serving that which we are actually called to and that we actually have permission to be entirely centered upon. Um, I think this is also an issue that happens all the time for people who are not just in ministry, but are are trying to live in a Christian way towards uh, their neighbors, to the people in need around them, where we get so consumed with the thought that our way of ministering to people is meant to only be physical. Um, and this ends up making us feel obligated to continue and continue and continue to give um, beyond our means in, in a burdensome way towards us and it, it embitters us. So I want to look at this issue, look at, you know, the, the balance here of what God does call us to. Jesus says in John 4, verse 34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. We often are are starving um, spiritually because we don't realize that this is our food. And we we are miserable, miserable, miserable because we are so hungry and we don't even understand what we hunger for. Our food is to to do the will of God. Um, when we per, persist in doing our own will, but also in doing other people's will, man's will, the expectations of what man thinks is serving our fellow neighbor and God. When we are obligated in man's will, we will starve. We have to be doing the will of God. And where we often get caught up is we end up serving the the ideas of man. It's the most simple way to put it, you know, when Jesus is, is speaking to Peter and he says, get behind me, Satan, he says, you have your mind on the things of man and not on the things of God. That's really central here because what man will believe is serving God, what is what is good. Even Christians will believe this. A lot of Christians believe this. What is good is is often only a product of man's ideas and it's not actually of God's because what God is always serving is his kingdom. The good that God is always working towards mankind is to restore us to himself in repentance and in faith, taking us out of this world, taking us out of a focus on this world and into a mind that is completely given over to God in Christ and living for eternity. That is the good that God is always working for us. And while in the midst of that, God absolutely cares for the physical needs and he doesn't deny those. That is not the primary 
focus. And a lot of times we make that the primary focus in our own lives and in ministry. We know that physical needs are an important thing because we can look at James 1.27. He says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And we also know from accounts in Jesus' ministry that he was always giving to the poor and helping the poor. So we know that that money is obviously an important thing. And there are so many people that try to abuse this principle so that they can live in a selfish way. No, we still live in a physical world and we respond to a physical world and our Christian heart will come into acts of charity, acts of love. But we need to understand that those acts of charity must be defined by God's mind and not man's mind. They must be defined from a spiritual minded heart towards the things of God that is working for his kingdom and is not just merely working for man's idea of good, man's good, because a lot of times what man thinks is good is just the mere removal of suffering. It is just the mere giving him of what he wants. And we fail to realize over and over that it's only in the working of God, the spiritual work that he does, that man obtains real and true good, and that man can have all his physical needs met and yet be entirely dead to God and unaware of eternity and unaware of the judgment of God and the salvation that he has purchased for us. So we have to understand that in and through the works, the physical works that we do, we must always have the mind of God and not the mind of man. And this will always seem like it is wrong in man's eyes. Man will see this as loveless. He will see this as cruel. And because man sees it that way, we so often continue to be obligated to serve how man views goodness rather than how God views goodness. And we ourselves are contrary to God in our hearts as to what we think is good. And we continue to try and serve God in that rather than what God says is good and serving him within that and coming to realize what is true good. And this is what God says is good. In Matthew 6, verses 31 through 33, he says, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? And what shall we drink? And what shall we wear? Physical things. For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. God is never ashamed to say that his kingdom is first, even above and beyond the physical needs of human beings. God knows the order that he has designed and created, and he calls us to serve that. So in ministry, we have to serve this first, and we cannot give in to the obligation of men, and we cannot give in to our own foolish ideas of what is good. We have to serve God's kingdom, which is a spiritual kingdom, first and foremost, and God fully owns that. As we are called by God to, quote, work for the food that endears to eternal life, so we also must expect that of other people. We're not just the only ones called to this. God calls all 
people to repentance and where people choose to walk in that or they don't lies with them and that is between them and God and we cannot overextend ourselves beyond the bounds that God has set for us. We must continue to be faithful to God where he tells us to be. One last example to this is Luke 12 verses 13 through 14. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to you, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? What Jesus is pointing to in this is a concern that this man has for the things of this world um, and that he is literally coming to Christ, not for the reasons that he should be coming to Christ. He is coming to him for what he wants in this life, in this world, rather than what Christ has designed, um, him, what has Christ has set in place to be sought for. And so the last verse is John 6 verses 26 through 27. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes before the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. This is the work we are called to work to. And we absolutely have permission to maintain our focus on this. But not only that, we are commanded by God to maintain our focus here. So I would encourage all of us to think on these things, um, to measure where we are maybe exhausted in our own lives, because we are not working for the will of God, but we are working out of our own mind and our own will. And we are finding that our will and our ways are burdensome. So I hope to see you all again tomorrow. Have a good day. For more content like this, visit watchpost.org.